Welcome to Own It from Womenly Change. I'm Mackenzie Caligiuri, marketing specialist and podcast producer. On today's episode, CEO and host Tiffany O'Donnell talks to Robin Boudreaux, who is the co-founder and executive director of No Foot Too Small, a local nonprofit for-purpose organization inspired by the loss of her son Beau in 2013. In 2019, as the organization continued the trajectory of significant local and national growth, Robin resigned from her career in medical sales and leadership after nearly two decades. Called to serve and connect with others from an early age, Robin holds a degree in family science, coursework that has proven instrumental in her mission to support and uplift families experiencing pregnancy and infant loss. Robin is also the wife of Dr. Ryan Brudreau, an associate professor and proud mother to her earthly children, Bella and Benjamin. Okay, so let's get right into it. Um, Tell the audience a little bit about you and your incredible organization, No Foot Too Small. Well, my goodness, where do I start? So, it's a big question. Um, <laughs> right, right. Um, it's been a really fast and full 10 years, but my husband, Ryan, and I lost our son, Bo, in 2013. Um, and so as we were coming upon what would have been his first birthday in 2014 is really when I said, hey, we should throw a party, right? We should celebrate Bo just as if he were here, right? We throw birthday parties for earthly children. We should do that for him as well. Um, lo and behold, went about, you know, planning this party. And in the process, I thought nobody talks about pregnancy or infant loss, right? Nobody. And certainly we can't be the only people to have ever experienced it. And so at that time, I really wrote Bo's story, published, published an article in the paper and said, if you've experienced any type of pregnancy or infant loss, join us. Um, lo and behold, that first year, we had about 75 attendees, we raised $10,000, gave it to the March of Dimes. And that's really where I thought this story would end. Um, but at the end of the night, a lot of those families came up to me and said, you're going to do this again, right? And I'm like, sure, sure. Yes, we'll do this again. So to keep this story brief, um, for three years, we continued to grow that annual event. Um, after three years, we'd given the March of Dimes almost $100,000. And while that mission was so important, um, it was just really pulling on my heart that that mission didn't serve our families or babies are deceased. So what could we do to serve them in a more meaningful way? Um, And that's when we really redefined our mission to celebrate angels and unite families, but also to build birthing and bereavement suites. In the seven years since then, we have just grown gangbusters. Um, so Nofa Too Small is located here in Coralville, Iowa, but we serve families across the nation. This year alone, we will have hosted 16 large-scale events, ranging in size from 125 attendees to 1,500 attendees, um, and also offered 90 support groups in nine cities. So it's just really grown beyond my wildest dreams. And by the end of 2019 is really when I was forced to make a decision between the career I'd had in medical sales or running No For Too Small in a full-time paid capacity. So I now serve as full-time executive director of No For Too Small as well. When I first learned about you, it was through the birthing and bereavement suites. Yep. And I, like so, so many, as you know, um, moms had a miscarriage. Yep. Um you know, we didn't go full term or even, you know, partial term, like the families that use these suites. And it's, uh, it's, first of all, I thought it was incredible that they didn't exist before knowing what they look like now and how important they are. And I'm so grateful that 
you know, you're leading that. You, do you want to just give our listeners um, some insight into what those suites are like and what you they're bet. for? You bet. So as in those early years, as I was meeting with so many lost families and listening to this, their stories, right, the stories range from early miscarriage to full-term stillbirth to loss of an infant, right, due to complications or whatever that might look like following birth. And one of the stories that just really resonated with me um, was a mother delivering a stillborn baby in, you know, labor and delivery in a standard labor and delivery suite, holding that baby who is silent, but listening to the healthy cries of other babies, right, in the rooms around. And that's really when I thought this can't be. Um, So as you mentioned, they do exist in other parts of the world, but not in the United States. And the vision is to really create, I joke that it's the double wide but we take two existing L&D suites and really convert them into a beautiful larger space that includes the delivery room, right? More mom delivers. Um, and But then also the living room, the kitchenette, the fireplace, um, and also a very, very nice bathroom with a private whirlpool tub and all of the things, right? So this space really looks more like a luxury hotel suite and less like a hospital suite, because if that's the only place that you're going to spend time with your baby Earthside, right? If that's where all the photos are going to be captured, wouldn't we want that to feel more like home, right? A place that's more comforting. Probably the best example I have is our space at Genesis East in Davenport. It is a beautiful, beautiful space for families enduring the most tremendous heartbreak. I don't think it's possible to imagine. And I know there are listeners out there that, um, you know, maybe having a difficult moment because this is sadly all too familiar to them. I can't imagine what this means to them to have a place like this? You know, we talk a lot about mental health, right? And how we care for families who've experienced this type of loss. And while a family enduring the death of their child, while they may be cared for later on, right? When they leave, what is that experience like for those one, two, three days that they're in the space? If we can set them off on the right track, if we can create that to be the most peaceful, warm, inviting place that it can be, Won't that help their mental health down the road? I have to imagine yes, right? And the stories we hear from families who are now experiencing that, right? And just Mm -hmm. really receiving a different standard of care, right? Mm -hmm. When a provider walks into that suite, it's no longer, oh, a congratulatory remark, right? Or we're here to do Mm -hmm. a hearing test or whatever that might be, because they know as soon as they walk into that birthing and bereavement suite, there's no question why the family's there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so just an entirely different um, level of care for all of these patients. Well, and I think there's comfort in being seen, yes. you know, being seen at that moment. I mean, when you think about, I, I can't imagine, I don't want to imagine what the process was like before, or sadly probably still is in some places mm-hmm. um, where you're just in and out. And to your point about mental health, Robin, I, yes, let's help set these people up for the new reality that is their life as a parent who's lost a child. Well, to your point, for many of them, it it is in and out because it's the last place they want to be, right? They don't want mm-hmm. to walk out into the hallway and see balloons and flowers and listen to mm-hmm. the healthy cries of other babies, right? So mm-hmm. we often hear that these families are leaving in the middle of the night, whatever they can do to just get out of there um, mm-hmm. wow. because it's so painful. But if we can mm-hmm. build these spaces away from L and D right in a place that's peaceful and private. I mm-hmm. think we can do a world of good for their healing. When you talk about this, 
no foot too small, this organization. Um, the topic is so tough. I mean, it is, it is brutal. Uh, the subject matter is brutal. And yet you are an extremely positive and hopeful person. Yes. Yes. How do you do that? Well, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I can tell you that when I was wheeled out of the hospital hollow, I knew I had a choice, right? I could wallow in that grief or I could choose to live in a way that would honor Bo. And so I think every decision that I've made from that moment forward, and this does choke me up a little bit, is that choice, right? Am I going to live in a way that's honoring him? Um, A lot of times I'll say, am I living for him, right? Am I living for both of us? There are so many reasons to be sad, but there are always so many reasons to be joyful. Um, And we just really choose to celebrate him and the gift he was to us um, and really the gift he's been to our communities, right? Um, Just the other day, someone was asking me about the growth of Nofa Too Small and why, why do I think that's happened? And honestly, I think it's because nothing else like this exists, right? There are support groups out there. They're, they're usually like in the basement of the hospital, right? Or in a very sterile place. Um, there isn't this community or a place to choose joy and to celebrate the babies. Um, and that's what I hope we can continue to provide. So that is the choice I make every day. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I hope that leading with that light allows others to make that same choice. Mm-hmm. And you made a very courageous decision too, by the way, when you when you left a, a career, an established career, and just jumped into this role for full time. What was yes. that like? <laughs> um, very, very tearful. Um, I really did love my career. I loved working for Medtronic. I loved my partners, um, my surgeons. I was really at that place by the end of 2019 that I had two full-time jobs, right? I wasn't being paid, certainly, but no, but too small. Um, But it was requiring so much of me. And I ultimately had to choose between a career I loved or really just following my heart and following Bo's lead to say, mom, this is what you're supposed to be doing, right? Say all the time, he put me to work in the best way. I will tell you, I've never worked harder in my entire life. <laughs> um, it's probably a good thing I went into this a little bit blind, not really knowing what it would take to run a nonprofit, but best decision of my life. What would you say to other women who may be considering a career shift, re-careering, as we say, as you did? I would say, and this sounds just so cliche, so simple, but you have to follow your heart, right? It's going mm-hmm. to be scary. Um, and there will be times when you feel like, man, what did I do? Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> to give you an example, I resigned from Medtronic in December of 2019, took over office space in Coralville in January 2020. Does anybody want to tell me what happened mm-hmm. <laughs> in March? There you um, have the it. world shut down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I certainly had those moments, but I would just say, listen, right? Listen mm-hmm. to that little voice that's chirping saying, that you may be meant to be somewhere else, right? Listen to that voice, um, but then trust yourself. You have to trust yourself. And even in those moments when you wonder, what the heck did I do? Just trust that if you follow that path, um, it will be the right decision. I neglected to ask this. So I, I want to make sure we talk about your two earthly children, as you say, yeah. Bella and Benjamin. Are they a part of this this effort as well? 
They are. And I'm not sure there's anybody who loves Snow for Too Small more than Ben. <laughs> he is so proud. He wants that logo on every shirt and every golf polo, all the things. They're very much a part of No Foot Too Small. And for those first four years, we hosted what we now call the annual gala. But the second event that we ever added to the calendar was actually called Blooms and Butterflies. Um, and that was inspired by Bella. And so we were in the backyard. She was five years old. And she said, Mom, why does Bo get to have so many parties? I said, well, honey, he doesn't. He has one every year, just like you do for your birthday, right? And she said, well, why don't I get to go to Bo's party? And I thought, my goodness, she's right, right? And so that was the year we launched Blooms and Butterflies, which is a Sunday night event. There's face painters and balloon artists and, you know, all the things children love. And then they end the evening by releasing a butterfly in honor of their angel. And what I think is just so beautiful about the event is, one, Belle and Ben love it, right? As soon as it's done, they want to know, when are we doing this again? Uh, which is true for, I think, all the children that attend that event. But we are changing the dialogue around pregnancy and infant loss for our children, right? Uh, we joke sometimes in the office that our children, our earthly children, believe that everybody has an angel because they're surrounded with kids yeah. who all have angels, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I can't imagine how their experience with parenthood will be different. Perhaps they experience loss, right? Will it change how they navigate that grief journey? Um, but also their ability to console others, to be a better spouse, a better friend, right? A better colleague, because it is not a taboo topic. It's something that they understand very well. Yeah. Great point. Okay. This is called the Own It Podcast because we love to ask our guests, yes. what is your superpower and how do you own it, Robin? Oh my goodness. Okay. This was really difficult for me. But I think what I have to say, <laughs> my superpower is just manifestation. I will continue to just put out into the universe what I think needs to happen, right? Or whatever that vision might be. And again, sometimes the ladies in the office will laugh like, Robin, are you kidding me? You want to do what? Uh, but I just keep putting it out there. And I think the secondary superpower is that intuition and that trust that I believe to my core, whatever that vision is, uh, maybe that's taking the leap from one career to the next. Maybe it's, this is what I think the 10th annual gala is going to look like. Whatever it is, I just, I believe it so deeply, um, but then trust myself in it. That is what I have to say is the superpower. It's amazing. And you are living it. You're absolutely living it. Robin Boudreau, thank you so much for all that you do. Elevate your career through Mount Mercy University's Master of Strategic Leadership Program. You'll explore leadership styles, study decision-making models, examine change management, reflect on a growth mindset, and hone your personal brand through our practical curriculum. Expand your professional network, grow as a leader, and graduate ready for the next level of your career. Explore our program at mtmercy.edu. We are looking forward to the Womenly Change Conference Quad Cities on November 14th with Dr. Deshauna Barber, Carlos Whitaker, Christy Hemmer, and more. Registration closes October 24th. Register today at wlcglobal.org. Follow Womenly Change on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so much. More information and tickets can be found at wlcglobal.org.